0: Name? Bond. James Bond. So you're not dead? Hello, Q, I've missed you. James? You don't know what this is. You ever flown one of these? Nope. When you're ready. You're late. Only in theaters. Hello everyone, this is Rico, or should I say Dosty, Rico Dosty. I would like some green tea, shaken, not stirred. <laughs> it is, uh, yeah, so we're going to talk about James Bond today. If you didn't figure that out yet, yes, it's going to be a James Bond show. All James Bond, all the time. Well, maybe a few other things. Anyway, welcome to Tracks and Sci-Fi, your weekly dose of geeky uh, and uh, spy uh, goodness. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm goofy today I guess today is October 10th this is show 836 uh it should be show 7 right yeah but that was a long time ago anyway uh, all right enough of the goof uh, although you guys probably enjoy that I, I always feel like I'm I always feel like when I'm soloing on this show which is most of the time I'm always I feel like I'm more I'm, I'm more serious than I really I, I'm not at all this I'm I'm less serious than I sound, I think, sometimes on the podcast. I, I don't know why that is. Maybe I am serious. I don't know. I joke around a lot in in regular day-to-day. But, yeah, we're going to talk about James Bond. Uh, I don't think – I know I've talked about Bond before. I, I it, my, my goal, which is a ridiculous goal, completely ridiculous in, in an hour-ish show or a little bit more probably today. But my goal is to – really super briefly covered the James Bond film franchise. Uh, maybe give a touch of a background on, on, on where it started, which probably most people these days know. It started from a, a series of books by Ian Fleming, you know, who, who you know, kind of created the character, and, and so on and so forth. And the rest is his movie history, you know, now that we've had, what, uh, what are we at? Probably... It's even longer than Star Trek. I don't know, sixty years of Bond. I'll find out when the first movie was out when I'm looking it up. But anyway, uh, that is uh, what I'm going to talk about. It, basically, obviously, because the the big thing, I think it just came out at, on Friday here in the states. Thursday night, Friday. Oh, movie release dates are so weird sometimes. But at um, No Time to Die, the last Daniel Craig movie, you know, he's he's no longer going to be playing Bond that was pretty well announced uh actually there was a little debate or not debate but there was a little question whether he'd be back even for this movie but he he did he did do this movie because i think he was i think he was kind of whipped after the previous one uh and there you know but i, I think this is a is a fitting end in a good good solid movie to go out on anyway um there won't be any spoilers i did see the newest movie i'll talk a little bit about that probably at the beginning and then we'll run down bond and and other things here on treks in sci-fi i'm captain kirk ladies and gentlemen may i present the winners of the 74th annual hunger games we welcome the man- I'm the doctor, by the way. What's your name? Rose. Nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life! My name is Optimus Prime. I am the future of war. Resistance is futile. Strength flows from the force, but beware of the dark side. Oh, man, that's kind of catchy. It's got a nice ring to it. I mean, it's not technically accurate to see it's a gold continuum. Oh, Lord. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. you listening to Trex and Sci Fi. All right, folks, again, welcome to Trex and Sci Fi. Appreciate you. Appreciate you joining me each week. Uh, if you want to support the show, that's over at patreon.com forward slash Trex and Sci Fi. You know, a dollar or two or whatever you guys feel like three, four, five, whatever you can or want to do to support the podcast. Uh, is very much appreciated and thanks to those that do. and congrats to to Pete again for winning that uh, book prize for um uh, recently on uh, the show that was sort of a thing that I did or wanted to do something for my anniversary podcast, which turned into a a very weird little video show, short video show when because I've been so much work uh, over the last month or two of cleaning my basement, making this new arcade area. Speaking of which, I'm waiting with baited breath, as they say, which I don't even know what baited breath means. That's a weird term, isn't it? Baited breath. You know, like like what? Like fish baiting? I, I, I don't even understand what it's supposed to mean, but it's an anticipation of I'm getting a – they have these new uh, virt, what they're called virtual pinball game machines out there now. So, uh, you know, new, regular, good old pinball with the big old steel ball and all that stuff are still, I'm sure, being being produced. There's actually a new arcade that, that opened across town from me that I'd like to go visit. But um, the, these newer ones that are not as expensive as buying a full-out pinball machine use a virtual, like basically use a computer screen or a TV screen or whatever you want to call it on on the flat surface down below where, you know, you'd see the pinball table. And basically what this allows it to do uh, is, is multiple things. One, uh, obviously these machines are a little easier to make with all the computer junk we have these days. And they don't, you know, they don't have any moving really don't technically. I mean, there's a few things. They put these little things in there to make you feel the the machine move a little, but there aren't really any technically moving parts. There's no bumpers and balls moving around. So it's less to break down, but the the big thing I think about these virtual uh, pinball machines that they're making, and the one I'm getting is this from this company called At Games, which I've I've got their they have an upright um, regular uh, arcade game that allows you to play tons of games on it. So these these new machines they've been putting out by by Arcade One Up and At At Games it's called or At Games whatever. The, the big thing is that they, what they allow you to do essentially, and, and people can create these things on their own with computers and a screen and a, make their own box, but it allows you to pretty much emulate because all these, all this code is out there and to emulate uh, all these old games from the past and the virtual pinball thing is, is the same thing. I'm not a, I mean, I used to play pinball, you know, go to arcades and all that, like everybody or a lot of people, but I was I was never into the pinball machines enough to know like, oh, I like this table or I like that table. I don't really I mean I've played certain tables, but I don't really have like a like yeah, I'm not a pinball wizard or a pinball like super into it, but the the idea of being able to I I love flexibility in terms of like the idea of being able to kind of get any table on it that you want. It comes preloaded with a whole bunch of tables, of course pinball tables and then and then of course you can the way this machine works is you actually have to hook some kind of a computer into it uh, there's a, a a few things you've got to do it's not too terribly difficult but to add other tables there's a couple different ways to do it so i'll just put it like that but that's supposed to show up today it's sunday like i usually record which is <laughs> it's kind of funny because uh, who delivers these big old things fedex on, on a sunday but i guess they do so I'm kind of waiting for that today. Actually, we were going to go see the grandboys, the grandkids, and and Lynn just left my wife to go see them because I'm sitting here waiting for the stupid delivery truck like an idiot and doing a podcast. But I just didn't want this big old thing to show up on the porch, and, and our neighborhood is pretty safe and pretty secure. But I just – and it might even rain today. It's looking a little bit like it's going to rain, so yeah. Yeah. But that's a long story to say that I, you know, I've been doing all this work on this arcade area. I put some pictures up on the, on um, the Facebook group. And by the way, Facebook is goofy these days, right? Like, not only are they down like last Monday, and, and I everybody I think out there just about all us nerds and geeks, we have kind of everybody has kind of a love hate relationship with Facebook, right? it's kind of a it's a terrible interface to begin with it's ridiculously awkward to to use it it doesn't it's it's like it's barely above my space level i mean it's really kind of amazing to me that it's just as kind of archaic and not slick like like i mean the year is 20 mark zuckerberg I mean come on it's 2021 and i know you think people don't like change or whatever it is and maybe you don't care or whatever but I just think it's so weird that it's just, like, the way it is still. The other thing I think is weird about Facebook is why don't they have, not that I'd probably do it, but why don't they have a paid version yet to don't get rid of all that crappy, you know, stupid ads in your feed and everything else and the borders and all that stuff. I mean, everyone else is doing it, right, pretty much? Everyone's got, like, a uh, an ad version and an ad-free version, you know, YouTube and, and all the streaming services and, and all that, although I guess some of them don't really have a, oh, uh, well, I don't know. I think they all have practically an ad-supported one that you can get a, at a lower cost. I was going to almost say HBO Max, but I think that has an ad one, too. Um, but um, but anyway, oh, yeah, so Facebook went down and Instagram and WhatsApp um, for about a day, I think it was, was like last Monday right after all this whistleblower stuff, but the thing I wanted to say, I got a weird pop-up yesterday, and I was online a bit yesterday, and I, I like to share a few stories. I don't do a lot. Maybe. maybe I did three or four or something within a short period of time, uh, shared to the Trex and Sci-Fi Facebook group, and then all of a sudden I'm getting a, a, a pop-up from, from Facebook saying, that feature, I was trying to share some story, And it said, you're not allowed to do that. I forget what the the way it was worded or whatever. You know, we've temporarily suspended that or whatever. And I'm like, what? What the heck? I'm not spamming. I'm not, you know, there's all this talk of all these Facebook algorithms out there. And, you know, and I know a lot of people end up getting in trouble. Maybe they make a post. It's got some keyword they're looking for in it. And they go into what people are calling Facebook jail. Maybe they... They even, can't even log into Facebook for a few days or post or do anything. It really didn't do anything for me. I, I think an hour or something later, I tried to share something or posted something, and it was fine. And I, I did a couple this morning, and it was fine. So I don't, I don't even know what that was. I think it was actually more of a glitch, personally. Um, but, man, it's a piece of junk, truthfully. <laughs> but it's, it's where we all connect with people that we know, right? Everyone's on there, right? Just about. And there isn't another... Platform. I mean, Google tried something. Everybody's tried things and and just nothing. It's just it's just the it's the devil, you know, right? Kind of a situation. Now I just feel like I've babbled for 11 minutes and we're going to talk about James Bond. So let me try to wrap up my little pre pre talk like I do usually each week before we talk about the main topic in a few minutes more. So yeah, I saw No Time to Die. I'll talk about that, I guess, more when we get into the Bond segment itself. But I did enjoy it. I thought it was really, really good. It was so fun to see a Bond, big Bond movie at the theater. Um, There've been a couple other big movies that I've seen since kind of I'm calling, you know, theaters are back. And, you know, yes, COVID is still out there. But People who are smart or vaccinated. Basically, I'm gonna just say that. So I, you know, there, there's, we're getting kind of things back to the way they were, but it was just, you know, I've always been a big Bond fan, and I'll, again, I'll talk more about this in the in the Bond segment. But it was really fun to see it, and yeah, I enjoyed it. So, um, but the other stuff that I've been watching. I guess I'll go most recently, and this is totally a non-genre thing, but I, I watched this Clint Eastwood movie last night on HBO, HBO Max, whatever you call it, um, called Cry Macho. Basically, it's it's also it's going to be leaving HBO Max, I think it was in theaters. Maybe it's going, going to be, or it wasn't. Anyway, on October 17th, they have these, what they're doing with a lot of these movies now, especially the new stuff that comes out, They'll put them up on one of the streaming services, maybe for a month, right? And then eventually, six months down the road, four or five months, maybe whatever. Like Black Widow is a good example. Well, that's a little different. That uh, you know, when it came out in July, it was in theaters. If you wanted to watch it on on at home, you could watch it on Disney, but you had to pay a little extra, like thirty bucks extra, which I didn't do. I saw it in the theater but and then now it just it's now at the beginning of october it's on disney plus for free like all the other marvel movies and and star wars movies and everything else that disney has so so they're like no time to die for example uh is going to be on paramount plus because it's a paramount movie i think i guess it's paramount uh where they're part of it um the i think it's mgm actually but somehow they're some of these studios are connected with each other. I can't understand how who's connected with who, but I had read that in 45 days, I think, after a theater release, uh, which uh, here in the States, again, I have to always say, it, it's going to be on uh, Paramount Plus, is what I would read. And I think that's going to happen probably with the new Top Gun movie as well, so... Um, yeah, what was I? Where was I going with this? Oh yeah, so I watched Cry Macho, this Clint Eastwood movie. Really good movie. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Very, very kind of a bit of heartwarming thing in it. It's good to see Clint Eastwood, you know, still active and doing, you know, uh, doing movies. I think he was the director too of it, and he stars in the whole thing basically, so uh, I've really enjoyed the last few movies that he's done this you know, kind of late in his career like this. I mean, Eastwood is is just an icon. so that was fun. not not a genre thing, but uh, what else has been going on? What I've been watching on on TV Foundation I'm, I'm uh, on Apple TV? I don't know. It's not really grabbing me. I'm still watching, but I very much enjoy more like the Titans show on HBO or Doom Patrol on HBO. I enjoy those much more than Foundation uh, as far as genre-type shows right now. Still watching uh, Stargirl, the second season, uh, finishing up Riverdale for this season. I got the last episode to still watch. Not a genre show, although it's crazy enough to be one. Um, But um, what else? What else is going on? Flash doesn't come back for a little bit still. Supergirl's finishing up. I don't know. This season of Supergirl, I have not really been thrilled by um, it's been a little, ah, it's been preachy. I, I mean, I'll admit it. I know a lot of people complain about some of these shows being, you know, a little social justice warrior types, but it's so just obvious and in your face. It's just a little, okay, guys, I get it. But you're, man, you're beating us over the head with some of this stuff. I mean, and and where's the overall story? Like the main villain right now is not really all that compelling to me. So, yeah, I haven't. And this is its last season, so it's kind of disappointing. I hope it goes out a little bit stronger. I kind of think she'll show up, Melissa Benoist, or however they're going to end up. Sorry, Benoist? Benoist? Benoist, I think it is. It's like Moist Benoist. Um, I, you know, they're not going to kill Supergirl off. So, we're still going to have some CW superhero shows on. Like, The Flash is going to bring in some of the other characters from some of the other shows in, an, in its opening few episodes I read. Um, they're going to even bring back Brandon Routh, who's no longer on DC Legends of Tomorrow. By the way, that's back next this coming week, Tuesday. It's already back for its new season. So, um, yeah. So there's some stuff to watch. Uh, I'm watching stuff on Netflix more uh, and other streaming services, trying to wrap up a few series there. Um and, yeah, there's a ton of things to watch out there. There's a lot of stuff coming out, too, over the next couple of months. A new season of The Witcher in December. We have, of course, the, the big thing is Star Trek Discovery coming back for Season 4 next uh, next month. There was a new trailer that just got released yesterday because New York New York Comic Con is, is going on this weekend. I've been watching some footage from that. Uh, they did a Discovery panel, which, of course, these panels that they do they, they, they're always asking questions and they can't say much. So they, I don't know. They're just, I mean, they're fun to watch, but uh, it's probably better to really watch something that's like, okay, a movie has come out or a TV season has been, you know, has come out and then have them come and talk about that, you know, like the moderator here. And she was kind of, frankly, I'm going to, I don't think she was the greatest moderator. She was, Whatever. She was kind of fangirling too much, in my opinion. But it, it, why don't you ask a little bit about the previous season, too? I mean, I know they want to talk about the new season a bit, but they can't. So maybe ask some questions about, you know, I actually I thought at this New York Comic Con panel that they did, I thought the the questions from the people in the audience were much more interesting and better than than what the moderator was giving them before all that. So that just gives you an idea. So, all right, we're practically twenty minutes in the podcast. I've gone way too long before the Bond thing. We'll probably do a good forty five fifty minutes at least of of Bond. I'm probably going to hit the highlights. Hit hit. Try to do a movie or so of talk about um, uh, kind of what I think is maybe the best of each of the you know, Bonds that have been, you know, the actors that have played Bond, uh, talk about that to just kind of run down the films and, and give you an overview and then talk a little bit about no time to die, but no spoilers of course. And yeah, so I'll be back in a, in a moment with that, uh, here on, uh, Trex and Sci-Fi. This is gold, Mr. Bond. All my life, I've been in love with its color, its brilliance, its divine heaviness. I welcome any enterprise that will increase my stock, which is considerable. I think you've made your point, Goldfinger. Thank you for the demonstration. Choose your next witticism carefully, Mr. Bond. It may be your last. The purpose of our two previous encounters is now very clear to me. I do not intend to be distracted by another. Good night, Mr. Bond. Do you expect me to talk? No, Mr. Bond. I expect you to die. There is nothing you can talk to me about that I don't already know. All right. Yeah, that was a clip from Goldfinger, of course, one of the utmost classic uh, Bond films, villains. Uh, there's the third James Bond film and star Sean Connery is Bond then. So here we go let's let's dive into this big big topic of of Bond James Bond. yes <laughs> the, uh, uh, yeah it's amazing how how just the way you he says that you know Bond James Bond is is become such a catchphrase but uh, all right. So, as probably most people listening know, uh, James Bond is a fictional character created by novelist Ian Fleming in 1953 is when it started. Um, He's a British British secret secret agent working for MI6 under the codename 007. He's been portrayed by a a number of actors, Sean Connery, David Niven, George Lazenby, Roger Moore, Timothy Dalton, Pierce Brosnan, and Daniel Craig in 27 various Bond movies, although 20, 25 of those are in the, I don't know if you call it canon or whatever, or the main cycle. There are two sort of outside that group um, that are still Bond movies, but they're not part of that. That's Casino Royale, which is not the um, Casino Royale that we saw in 2006 with Daniel Craig, but this one was done in 1967, starring David Niven. It's It's more of a comedy. I kind of frankly dismiss that movie most of the time it's it's not it's not a a real bond movie in my you know i i guess is the easiest way to say it the other one of those outside sort of films was never say never again 1983 i'm actually a pretty big fan of that movie uh i i like the title song a lot uh for one um sean connery came back to do that uh it's got a cool title um, there's some fun stuff, Kim Basinger's in it. Uh, it, it's, it, yeah. Is it the greatest Bond movie? No, but I, I still consider that one pretty, pretty cool. Um, and then of course you've got the main, main list of 25 films, 25 up to, um, no time to die counting that. So the, uh, you know, Albert Broccoli, Harry Saltzman kind of got the purchasing rights to Fle- Fleming's novels. And they founded something called Eon Productions uh, with financial backing by United Artists. And then they started producing and working on Dr. No. Um, I'm not going to go into a ton of detail and depth on, you know, they I, I remember and I think I've talked about this in the podcast before or I've just researched or looked it up. You know, they spent quite a bit looking for Bond, their first Bond, and ended up with Sean Connery. Uh for a lot of people, you know, I'm included in this, you know, my first Bond exposure, exposure, that sounds funny. My first experiences with Bond were with Sean Connery movies, both with reruns of his older films on on TV. And then, um, I'm trying hard to think, um, the, uh, I I think maybe the first bond movie that I saw in a theater was Live and Let Die, I think. I definitely saw The Spy Who Loved Me, The Man with the Golden Gun, and I, and I'm pretty sure I think I think it, you know Live and Let Die I think is what I may have seen in the theater too. These things were always rated, you know, PG when PG-13 came around, they they became PG-13. So, you know, uh, and I don't know even, well, PG-13, you got to be 13, right? That's where the whole 13 comes from. But I'm trying to remember even back when PG-rated movies were around. I don't know how old you had to be to see a PG, thir- PG regular good old PG movie. Um, you could be pretty young, I think. 12, 10? I don't know. Maybe when I take a break here, maybe I'll take a little break midway and I'll look that up. Not that critical, but... They're, Bond movies are never really that intense. I would say the most recent ones with Daniel Craig have, have upped the violence level to a degree. It's a little bit more gritty and brutal and real than than some of the, definitely some of the older movies. And especially some of the—I'm kind of talking in general terms right now, and then we'll get into some of the specific films. But, you know, when you had the Roger Moore era, especially towards the end with, like, Moonraker— um, the you know they they got a little goofy I think everyone will admit that he was much more jokey he wasn't nearly Sean Connery was a was a pretty big guy and you know some of his fights and stuff were pretty intense I thought but um and then Pierce Brosnan I I like Pierce Brosnan as, as a bond I, I I always had a little bit of trouble feeling like he was he could do the physical stuff is like he didn't seem as intimidating as, as a lot of the other actors uh, to me as Bond. He, he certainly had the sophistication, and suave, and and all that debonair quality to him. You know, I was a big fan of Remington Steele. There's a, there's a big story of, you know, that was kind of—he he was he was kind of almost like a Bond character on that show a little bit. And, you know, a lot of times he was wearing a suit or a tux and everything— I think pretty much all the time he was on that show, just about. And the big thing is, is they wanted him for Bond around that time. I forget which season it was or whatever, but he had a contract to do Remington Steel and couldn't do, um, couldn't get away from that contract and do Bond. And then the good story or the good news of it was that eventually he was able to go and do Bond um, once Remington Steel was done, years later, um, about 10 years or more after Remington Steele. So, uh, yeah, so there's a little history on, on his. And, um, and then you've had a couple of actors who have only played uh, Bond once in movies, George Lazenby and Timothy Dalton. Or Timothy, did Timothy Dalton do, wait, did he do one or two? <laughs> That's terrible, isn't it? Uh, I'll, I'll look in a second here. Um, I know he did, uh, I think maybe he did, maybe he did two. Maybe he did, too. Yeah, that's terrible. I'm doing a Bond show, and I don't even know this stuff. <laughs> Hang on a second. I'm looking really quick here. I actually thought Timothy Dalton... Uh, yeah, actually, he did, too. Yeah, I thought it was, too. He did Living Daylights and License to Kill. And actually really thought Timothy Dalton was really good as Bond. Um, I, I think he's he kind, was kind of like Daniel Craig a little bit. He's kind of rough and tumble. Um, and and just, it just seemed more, there was an intensity there. I thought I I really liked him as Bond and, uh, I I would say, uh, oh, people always like to do this. And I've said many times on, on Treks and sci-fi that I I don't like to categorize or pick favorites, but, uh, I, I know, um, sorry, um, Daniel Craig, I know because he's a, a recent Bond he ends up being a a lot of people's favorite i think and i'm going to kind of put myself in that category it's a bit of a split decision I, i really like sean connery as bond those old movies are classic um he's very much up there so you know it'd probably be craig and 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 sean connery near the top i would then throw probably timothy dalton in in there next and I'm not even Count George Lazenby. He did one movie. I mean, it was okay, but I mean, I, I don't feel like you got enough of a sense of, of him. So then we're between, uh, then it's probably Pierce Brosnan and, and then Roger Moore at the bottom for me. I mean, and, and there isn't. I enjoyed all these guys playing Bond. Don't get me wrong. I don't think Roger Moore is terrible or anything. I think he's a he's a fun guy to watch on screen. He's got a lot of charisma. I, I, I think he did some great stuff as Bond. Um, mean Pierce Brosnan as well, even though, you know, I put him near, near the end too. Goldeneye is a great movie, uh, for example. And yeah, so, I mean, these guys all have, have done great stuff in these films. And I, I think it's, it's very hard to, you know, really pick favorites, I, I find. And I'm not, um, also gotta say, I'm not a, um, I'm not a, I mean, I'm a big Bond fan. I've seen some of the older movies I've seen several times. Some of the newer ones I've seen a couple. Um, it's it's not like I I know people that are way more into Bond than, than me. Uh, I was actually just looking before I started recording. I, I have some of these on, on DVD and, and that, but I, I don't have all. In it. There's a box collection of Bond films. I was going to get one a couple of years ago. Every time I, I think about getting a collection of Bond movies, though, the obvious thing that always comes into my mind is is like, oh, I should wait until the next movie is part of the collection. And then I think, oh, like like they've got a collection out right now on Amazon, a Blu-ray collection. And, of course, it doesn't have the newest movie, No Time to Die. So I'm like, oh, I should wait until there's a new collection out with No Time to Die in it. But that's a that's a never-ending saga, right? Because I, I feel like Star Trek, Star Wars um, – Bond, I, I feel like we're always for 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 the foreseeable future. we're always going to have Dr. Who is in there too. We're always going to have these iconic these these franchises and characters around. So you, you, I'm never going to be able to buy like oh I'm going to get the ultimate Bond collection like there's never going to be ever any more Bond movies therefore you know I can stop and get this collection that's never going to happen so I should probably just bite the bullet and 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 get the collection that they have out there now and then um, and then pick up No Time to Die when that comes out on on, on home video or whatever um, let's do this next I guess. Let me run down, uh, I talked a little bit about some of the individual films in my discussion here at the beginning of this, but let's just run down the names of the movies, when they came out, give you a little bit on them. Um, The um, box office that they made. Uh, I'm looking at, I, I, I always like Wikipedia when I do these kind of big shows like this. So I have this entry here on the basically list of James Bond films. And it, there's a little chart here that lists them in order of when they came out, the year they came out, uh, the actors who played them, you know, the who played Bond, and then the box office. And the the the, the clear thing when you just kind of scan over this list is, it's it's pretty interesting. But the the older now you got to keep in mind adjusted. These are dollars adjusted or not adjusted for uh, inflation, okay? And I don't know. Maybe I'll give you the both. They've got two columns. They've got what they got at the box office, and then if you adjusted it to, well, they put it in 2005 currency. I don't know why they – whatever they picked that one for some reason. But um, so the – let's just – here. We'll go down the list. Okay. So first, of course, we have the Sean Connery Films. Uh, with 1962's uh, Dr. No. So we've almost had, in 2022, we'll have had 60 years of Bond, you know, uh, films. Uh, so it would have been kind of interesting if the new Bond movie had come out then. But, you know, <laughs> the movie got delayed like a whole year from release, at least more than a year. I don't know when they filmed No Time to Die. But it, I, th- I think it was, I don't even know if COVID was going on then, but... um so that was 1962. Sean Connery box office made about 60 million. They're saying uh, if you adjusted it for current, uh, well, 2005, which isn't too far off current, it'd be that would be a 450 million dollar box office. So big. Even though when you hear 60 million, it doesn't sound like a lot. Doctor No, um, good movie. Uh, I, I'll go back. We'll go back and hit some of like at least one from each of the actors and and maybe play some trailers a little bit and stuff like that. Uh, next from Maracho with love. The the other thing I should say, I don't know why I tried to sort of semi sing that, but the other great thing about Bond is the music, right? The 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 classic theme, the the opening credit sequences that they do with the themes uh, music that are not theme music but the song, right? The songs. I almost wish this chart had more like who did the song? The name of the song and stuff like that. I mean, some of them I know, even just by the titles. Um, but um, I've always, always really loved the the song, the the credit song that they do in the the Bond films. They they've they've been some of the, my favorite songs throughout years and years of time. I I don't know if it's because of the because it's associated with Bond or the music, they usually pick a current kind of popular person singing them. Um, Billie Eilish, I think, is the current one that did the the song for No Time to Die, which actually, I didn't really like the song when I first heard it, and in the movie, I like it better. Maybe maybe it's more good or more good, better when you're uh, listening to it in a the theater and, and you see the credit sequence, too. Um, Uh, Did I? okay? so let's move on. All right. So from Russia with Love, 1963, Sean Connery, uh, that one made about seventy nine million and about be about five hundred and forty four million adjusted for up to current pricing, let's say. Uh, Then we had Goldfinger. Boy, these movies came out quickly back then. They were like basically one a year. So in 62, Dr. No, 63 from Russia with Love, 64, Goldfinger, 65, Thunderball. Um, I'll go back to Goldfinger. Goldfinger uh, box office, $125 million, That's 820 which is almost the top of the list if you adjust for uh, inflation. Uh, a good movie. Probably one of my favorites, Goldfinger. Um I used to watch that one all the time when it would pop up on regular TV, you know, back before cable. <laughs> uh, Thunderball, because uh, it's got such a some classic stuff in it. Goldfinger does. Thunderball, 1965. That's all still Sean Connery. Uh, that made about 141 million, which is 800 and f- almost 850 million adjusted. You only live twice, uh, which it, which is a great title. They they have such great titles. Some of these are. Uh, and I'm not going to get into this one. You guys can look this up if you feel like it. A lot of the titles for the movies are based on the books. They're, they're titles like Casino Royale, I know for sure. Um, the, the you know A lot of the titles, again, came from uh, book titles that, that he had done. All right. What, where was I at? Thunderball, 65. I did that one. Okay, You Only Live Twice. Yeah, that's the one I was at. 1967, Sean Connery still. 111, almost 112 million, 514 million uh, for adjusted. Then we have On Her Majesty's Secret Service, which is a cool title again. Lots of, you know, all these titles are cool. Although there's one or two that I don't really care for, I'll say when I get to them. All right, this was the George Lazenby movie. Actually, this is a good movie. I mean, George Lazenby is okay as Bond. I mean, he didn't thrill me too much, but that is a good movie. 1969. It only made, you can see with Sean Connery not there, um, only made $65 million. So it almost dropped halfway. I don't know if there was other things because of that. Like, did other, were there other big movies at the same time that came out, that kind of detail? Uh, $65 million adjusted to about $291 million for inflation. So what they did then, which is sort of weird, you know, is that uh, Sean Connery came back. Uh, it was a big deal. Uh, and nine in 1971 diamonds are forever. So he boosted that back up when Sean Connery came back 116 million. It made, uh, 443 million almost adjusted. Um, that was in 71 then live and let die, which has got one of the greatest, uh, opening songs, uh, really, really good. Paul McCartney, live and let die, uh, uh, 1973, that was when Roger Moore started, uh, and that made 126 million and 460 million adjusted. Uh, so Roger Moore off to a great start. Uh, the man with the golden gun, 1974, Roger Moore also on 98 million, a little less and 334 million adjusted. Uh, it's got a really good villain or bad guy in that with the, the man with the golden gun, um, Then the Spy Who Loved Me, that's a fun movie. That's a fun Bond movie. Nineteen. Every time I'm reading one of these titles, I want to watch it. I gotta buy. I gotta buy that box set. Um, The Spy Who Loved Me. And you know, the thing is, I don't know. I should try to. I, I got a couple things I got to look up, so I definitely got to take a little break here. But I'm not sure if or what of these films are on streaming. I don't know. Are they on Paramount Plus? Are they on Netflix? Are are they are they on HBO at all? I'm curious. I may just spot check a few of these and and then just see, especially maybe some of the recent ones. Maybe I'll do some of the older ones too to get a, a cross section of it. But I'm not sure. They don't. I don't seem to notice them uh, on on the streaming services very much. Uh, all right. So I was by I love me. Um, that made hundred thirty three adjusted. So that did well. Moonraker. Ugh. <laughs> Jaws. Yes. Um. It, you know. Uh, anyway, nineteen seventy-nine. Roger Moore. Two hundred and ten. Crazy. It made a lot of a lot of money. It's kind of ridiculous movie, but it's five hundred. It, you know. It, the. I should say this, and and just like Star Trek, and I and I I was thinking about you know this podcast before I started today, and I remember thinking that I should mention this. Just like pretty much everything, television, movies, books, whatever, art, um, the Bond movies did kind of reflect the the times they came out in. Okay, very much. Um, the 60s was kind of the Cold War there's a lot of spy and thrillers and things at the movies and in books and going on in the world. Then in the seventies, later seventies, you know, things were a little bit more lighthearted, uh, and, and, a, and a little, I don't know if you say goofy, but, and then you get to the eighties, you kind of also have sort of a, uh, you know, that was when the wall came down and, and, it, it, you know, Soviet Union situation changed and all that stuff. So, and and then, and you get into the current era, which is more about like really, really bad things. This <laughs> is basically what I can say. Um, the, um, the, the, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, much more violence. Uh, just, just, it's a rough time and it, and it has been a bit, uh, even beyond the last couple of years. So, they definitely Bond films definitely do sort of reflect what's going on in the world. Uh, and, and that, you know, it, you know, totally makes sense, right? Okay. So let's speed this up a little bit. Then I am going to take a break for a minute and then we'll go to probably try to pull out one movie per actor in the, and then kind of highlight it a bit is what we'll do for the last part of the show. So where was I at? Moonraker. Okay. Then for your eyes only Roger Moore, Roger Moore actually, I think, did Roger Moore do more Bond movies than anybody? I don't know. I'll have to add that up. Looks like Roger Moore is at seven. Sean Connery is at uh, also seven. Oh no, wait, six. Six in the main, and then Never Say Never, so seven also. Um, Pierce at four. Timothy Dalton two. George Lazenby one. So I guess Roger Moore, I think except if you count the Sean Connery other one, so I guess Roger Moore and Sean Connery the same number. Um, so then you have for your eyes only uh, Roger Moore, uh, 195 million, 450 million adjusted Octopussy, which is a terrible title. Uh, uh, I don't even know what it's supposed to I mean I know in the movie it means you know something in the, from related to the movie, but 1983 Roger Moore, uh, 184 million 374 million. Adjusted A View to a Kill. Um, one of the things that I remember about Roger Moore films is that they kind of went through a bit of a cycle. They were like a little more serious in the beginning. Then they got to a little bit goofy in the middle movies, especially like Moonraker. And then towards the end, especially like with A View to a Kill, hey, they tried to pull it back a little bit and, and make them a little bit more serious, I thought. This is my memory of it. It could be wrong. <laughs> Wouldn't be a surprise. But anyway, um, one of the things also I'm noticing as I look over this list, like uh, the, the the directors for these movies, like John Glenn, this director, directed a lot of the Roger Moore films. They, they tended to work with um, similar directors. Uh, although the Daniel Craig movies, well, there was one exception. Sam Mendes did two of them, Skyfall and Spectre. Um, but they've had pretty much a different director each time. Uh, and I think Sean Connery, Terrence Young was the big director there. He worked on most of them. Also, Guy Hamilton did a couple of them too. And did Guy Hamilton also worked with uh, Roger Moore? So I'll give you a little background on the uh, directors. Okay, so where were we again? Uh, View to Kill. Okay, Living Daylights. This is where Timothy Dalton came in. It was also John Glenn directing 191 million, 313 million. That we're up to 1987 now, by the way. Sorry, I think I've missed saying the year a couple times. The um, yeah, the I like again, I really like both Timothy Dalton's movies. I I think there's a lot, a lot of good stuff in those, and I think he's a good bond. Um, next up, License to Kill Timothy Dalton that was from '89. Uh, 156 million, 250 million adjusted. So they they did solidly. The Bond movies really have have been consistently making good money. Although um, when you get to the Daniel Craig movies, they they go kind of almost off the charts. Uh, you know, as far as how much they're making, and Skyfall made like a billion dollars, over a billion dollars. I didn't realize that. I I knew they made a lot the last couple, but boy, that's that's impressive. Um so now we're into pierce Golden goldeneye which i think is his best of those uh although i think the last one was pretty solid to die another day um they're all kind of fun uh the um other category i wish that they had in the in this list is is the girl there's usually a girl right with with each of these um and and that that's um that's always interesting to see and i, I think they've had some great Bond girls, they call them, or whatever. So, um, Goldeneye was three hundred fifty-two million. Really, boost when when Pierce came in. I mean, it was a few years later after Timothy Dalton, five hundred eighteen million. I think everybody was very excited to see Pierce Brosnan play Bond, and and you know, again, that first movie I think is super solid. Tomorrow Never Dies, nineteen ninety-seven. Pierce Brosnan still $333 three hundred thirty-three million, four hundred sixty-three million adjusted. The world is not enough. That was 1999, Uh, 362 million, 440 adjusted, Die Another Day, uh, 2002, Pierce Brosnan, uh, 432 million, 465 million adjusted. All right, so now we get to Daniel Craig. Um, uh, Casino Royale, the first of his movies about 15 years ago, 2006. That is probably one of my top Bond films. Casino Royale, I thought, was just terrific it's just amazing one of the things I, I really liked about it and I'll talk about it a little bit more is that this was a very early showing Bond at a very early time in his in his career so it's it's not nearly he's he's less polished he's more rough and and just like there's that one that one fight near the beginning of the I think it's near the beginning of the movie right in the in the bathroom Ugh! it's it's impressive um, anyway that one made 606 million it's actually because it's past 2005 this just shows you how money works or whatever a little bit it's if you adjust a bet to 2005 dollars it's 589 so uh, that's called inflation folks I think uh, Quantum of Solas 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 uh, 2008 Daniel Craig 586 million 514 adjusted skyfall 2012. Daniel Craig, this is the, this is the, where we really boost up this one made, uh, <laughs> 1.1 billion, 1.1 billion. So, you know, 1100 million, 943 adjusted specter, uh, which was the last one, big gap here, biggest, probably gap in bond films, um, 2015, gosh, was it really that long ago? Wow. Six years. No, again, no time to die. I Think was going to come out. I think was originally I have to look, I think was originally going to come out right about when COVID first started. I think it was the, um, springtime of 2020. Well first started here in the U S and in most of the world. Uh, yeah. So what has still been a five-year gap. I mean, I think a lot of that was, it wasn't really COVID. I, we lost a whole year, you know, but from, for the release, but the, um, it was the getting a solid script and getting Daniel Craig back. Like I said, I, I, I think there was a period, or he was basically didn't want to come back and do another Bond movie. Um, so that, um, so that was 2015. Made hundred eight hundred eight hundred and eighty million adjusted to 725 in 2005 dollars. That was 2015, and I can't really report on the box office of um, No Time to Die, although they're saying here it's already made 100 dollars almost 150 million um and i know no time to die i think got released in some other areas of the world before the u.s not that much earlier <laughs> i have a friend a good friend that i work with that works at my same company he he's he's works in germany though because it's a company that i the company that i work for has people all you know pretty much in every major continent but um he saw he saw the Dune movie. I won't say anything really, except he said it was really good. But he saw it like two weeks ago, three weeks ago, and we still got two weeks to go or something to to see it here. That's a really earlier release, and I and I I heard some different things about why they did that. But boy, putting it out uh, more more than a month ahead in other countries, a week or so is, is not unusual. Maybe even two weeks, but. I I wish they wouldn't do that far in advance. I, I get I'm really anti spoiler and and it really freaks me out. I I really did. I even read a little something, not on purpose. I was just scanning through my stupid Facebook thing one morning and and there was a guy that I follow that that it wasn't a true spoiler. Uh, you know, flat out this is what happens. But he said something about the Bond movie, and and it was sort of like in the back of my mind as I watched the whole movie. Uh, and I'm not going to say anything in any detail about that, but it really bugged me. It's like, I know some people have different views on this. He's usually a guy who's pretty careful, but just the way he wrote it, I'm like, you're telling me something pretty, you know, you're telling me something about the movie here, dude. You're giving a spoiler, and I didn't really, so I <laughs> I snoozed him, as they do in Facebook, for 30 days now. But he's also kind of a guy who just, I don't know, he posts a lot of stuff that I he he has a very down attitude on the world, and I can understand that these days it's hard. But you know, geez, don't be such a negative Nancy. I hate sorry, Nancys of the world, but don't be so negative. It's not that bad, you know. I mean, things could be, you know, if you got a place to sleep and you got some food and da 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 da, and which he does. He it's not like any he's he's having a hard time in any of those areas, you know. He just talks about how everybody in the world is 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 bad news, and I'm like, well, I don't think so. I, I work with and meet a lot of people every day, and I, I think you're just <laughs> you're generalizing. All right, I don't know why I talked about that. All right, uh, we're 15 minutes into the show. Let's just take a short break. Let me play a little something from Bond here for you guys, and I'll come back and we'll try to give you some of what I like uh, or some of the big. I probably already ran it down as I was going through these, but you know some of my Bond favorite films and so on. And what about the gadgets? Where does he get all those wonderful toys? Oh, that's a Batman line, but the gadgets, yeah. There's some pretty good gadgets in the latest one. You can even see some of that stuff in the previews. It hasn't really been. I'm not spoiling anything there, Um, but um, yeah, I'll be back in a minute. actually had a little bit of a break here because I got this um, this new pinball arcade thing just delivered so I unboxed it a bit took some of it down to the basement and uh, yeah I'm putting that together later today all right so where were we I'm going to try to wrap this up in the next 10 to 15 minutes because I got stuff to do and yeah I don't want to make this crazy long even though it's a big big topic and I do love James Bond so I played a little bit of James Bond Goldfinger there. That's my favorite Sean Connery movie, or I played that, um, uh, I should say I played that clip a little while ago, but um, I was going to play some trailers here, but I don't think I'm going to. I think I'm just going to just gab, just gab, and and you guys can watch the trailers on YouTube and that, but what I did want to share, I did do some a uh, little bit of research before I got back on here about where you can watch these movies. Uh, I am gonna run down the list of kind of my favorites, pick out some of my favorites, but I don't ever use this network, and I guess maybe I'll try now just for the heck of it. But Pluto, Pluto TV. I don't know if anyone out there listening does Pluto TV, but I guess there's a 007 channel on there. Uh, I might check it out later, but the, it's basically supposed to be all free. Right now, apparently, there's like 19 James Bond movies on this Pluto TV 007 channel that you can stream for free. I'm assuming that it maybe there are ads. Maybe it would really be hard for me to watch a movie. I can handle it with with TV shows. But if a movie's got ads actually during the movie, maybe not. I could handle it at the beginning or the end. But, um, yeah, I probably wouldn't do that. Um, but there are also other options, too. It looks like, like I kind of said earlier, a lot of these are uh unavailable on paramount plus dr no is on paramount plus from russia with love goldfinger um let's see i'm scrolling down the list some of the daniel craig ones the recent daniel craig ones are um also on there skyfall is on there let's see goldeneye is on there and most of these where i'm saying paramount plus they're also on streaming on hulu as well goldeneye uh, license to kill uh, yeah, and this Spy Who Loved Me, which is a fun one. Maybe I'll watch that one later. Um, but that's probably about it besides the Pluto thing. So there's, there's a good handful of that are on. If you have Hulu or Paramount Plus, it looks like, are the, are the biggies. You can always, of course, you can always buy them or rent them typically via Amazon or Apple or even YouTube. I don't know. I'm not a YouTube monthly person payer, you know, of the 10 bucks a month for YouTube. I don't know if that gives you access to any of these or not. uh, But uh, I kind of doubt it, truthfully. Uh, I think that just gives you some ad free stuff. And I think you get access to some things. But I don't think it would be freebie Bond movies and all that, you know, so who knows. Uh, But yeah, so there's a there's a good chunk that are available, especially if you have Hulu or Paramount Plus, or check out that Pluto TV thing. So those are some ways or, of course, you know, the good old fashioned ways you buy the actual media like I was talking about. You know, you buy the discs and play them that way, which you can then do anytime you want. And uh, everybody's all in this big uproar over Star Trek leaving Netflix. I think I talked about this a little bit because it's going to go to going into Paramount Plus, right? That's where Trek is. And, uh, yeah, so just, this is the way it is these days, folks. <laughs> streaming service there, streaming service there. Yeah. Lots of them. All right. So my favorites, I I would say, and I probably talked about him as I was running down the movies, Goldfinger. Definitely. I think Dr. No is, is, is pretty cool too, because it's the first one, um, live and let die with Roger Moore and the spy who loved me. I like those from Roger Moore, especially, I think of you to a kill, especially, or also because it's, it got a little bit more, um, got a little more real kind of in that one with Roger Moore. Um, I like both Timothy Dalton movies, uh, and I have really, a a, 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 really deep memory of watching. I think it was the License to Kill movie in the theater with Timothy Dalton. For some reason, I think it's because I saw it at a, at a different theater than I typically would go to, but, um, GoldenEye from Pierce is great. Uh, I think that's that's a great movie. I think his, all of his were pretty fun. They they got a little gadgety and a little goofy, I thought. I was going to talk a little bit about the gadgets. I, I think I enjoy out of the gadgets. I always like him to have a cool watch, um, although I don't wear a watch these days much. But I, I always like the watches and the cars, of course. The cars, right? Uh, the, there's a great, uh, you can see it in the trailers, but there, there's some great scenes with cars and especially, um, I'm not big on these cars or with what their the model numbers are and what they're called. I'm sorry, not a, even though I work in the auto industry, I, 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 barely know modern cars, let alone old cars, but, um, but there's, there's some great stuff in, in the latest one with uh, bond and a car that you can see in the trailer. Um uh, and uh, daniel craig movies casino royale i already mentioned and and i think i would throw the um i S- skyfall inspector all of his movies were pretty solid i think the one that people always say and the recent one too the, the one that people always talk about that they feel like is a little weak is quantum of Solace. Solus Solus <laughs> uh quantum of solas um yeah uh, yeah it's it's okay it's okay i I do enjoy all of his films. i I think I think he brought a an interesting take to Bond. People were a little bit, I think, concerned or or didn't see him as Bond. He, he's this um, he doesn't look like the way Bond has been in other movies, right? He doesn't have dark hair. you, you know he he's a little smaller of a guy in general, although he's certainly fit. Um, <laughs> there's that one scene. Which one was it in? Was it in the first one was it a casino royale? that always comes up where he he comes out of the ocean in the in the little tiny swim trunks thing that's the, that's the one that everybody always goes back to and uh but he looks really fit in the latest one too i mean uh, daniel craig i don't know i think he's is he 50 late 40s i mean age is just relative you keep yourself in good shape you know but um the uh yeah so you know i do enjoy his and yeah there's just so much fun stuff in bond i, I know some people are kind of okay, you know, like they're they'll see a Bond movie, but it's not a big deal for them. As I said, I'm a big Bond fan. I mean, for for guys, I think the the idea of of, you know, Bond is is kind of like you're everybody every guy wants to be Bond, right? And have have the gadgets and the girls and the, you know, just just travel the world. I, I think that's the other thing too, I didn't talk too much about yet, but the locations, you know, I, I I love to travel and really missing it over the last year and a half or so. But I, I love the locations, shoots, and stuff that they go to in um, in these movies. Um, which movie was it that they went to the um, Arecibo a telescope, which has unfortunately collapsed and fell down? But I think it was a Pierce movie, right? Was that Goldeneye? Eye? Uh, but anyway, I I've been there and it was really cool to see that. So. I, I do like seeing and there's a lot of great locations that they do in the, the latest movie too. So it's it's really, really cool to see that. And there was an interview Daniel Craig did that I just watched yesterday or was it this morning? Might have been this morning, anyway. He was answering all these questions. You know, he gets doing a lot of press for the new movie and they were talking to him about um some of the locations that he, you know, what, what were some of the favorite places, Morocco, he mentioned, uh, they did, they did a a shoot in Chile in one of the earlier movies, uh, that he said was very, very cool because they were so, so high up in in the sky at night, he said was just clear and full of stars and just, I, I, the planet is huge. There's so many little areas I would love to visit and see. And you can see those things, you know, in a bond movie, Italy always comes up. It, It, you know, there's, um, they seem to use Italy a lot in these movies, and, and Italy is great. I, I really need to get there sometime. I had a almost opportunity with work because we have a location there in Como, which is a beautiful city in Italy. But it didn't work out, so maybe someday. But, uh, yeah, I think I'm going to wrap this up. Somehow we managed to keep it to a little more than an hour to talk about James Bond's all these movies, right? Yeah. Um, I'll probably end. I think I'm going to end the the uh, show with one of the songs. Maybe I'll maybe I'll play a little of the most recent uh, "No Time to Die" song, or or maybe a different one. We'll see. We'll see what I feel like. Um, they use some in the in the most recent movie. They do use some of the older music, which I really liked. I thought it kind of brought it full circle a little bit, which was cool. I haven't talked too much about that. I'm trying pretty hard to avoid talking about the most recent one. I, w- I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but it's good. It's really good. Um, it moves, it's got all the classic, you know, things you want to see in a Bond movie, I think. Um, the villain is, is, is played by that Rami, Ramy Malik guy, um, uh, who's, who's really good. Although he's, I, I mean, he, he's good as a Bond villain actually, because he's kind of got a goofy look. His eyes are so big and he, he just, I don't mean it in a bad way by any means, but he, he looks... He looks a little crazy, somewhat, with those big, big eyes that he has. Um, I still got to watch that movie where he played uh, in the, that, that you know, Queen movie. Freddie Mercury, right? Is he who he played, right? So I got to watch that. I got it on my TiVo. I just haven't had time. I don't know. Busy guy. So that's about it this week, folks. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this show. I hope you enjoyed this really super, super fast look at Bond uh, and his films. I hope you guys enjoy Bond. I mean, I do. And, uh, watch a Bond movie, go see No Time to Die. It's, it's, uh, it's very, very, you know, fun again to go back to the movies. And the next thing will be in less than two weeks, Dune, uh, finally get to see that movie too. So many things coming out in the next couple of months. Spider-Man's still coming. Um, oh, by the way, I didn't mention this at all. (laughs) It just, is so off my radar uh I saw two movies actually this past week. I saw the Venom movie, the Venom Carnage movie. It was good. If if you like the first one, you'd like this one. I won't say again too much. It's it's pretty recently come out. Um it's um there's definitely watch the credits, wait for the credits for that. Um and there's a little tag thing at the very end of the credits of the Bond movie, but I don't really I don't want to say what it is, but it's. I don't think you really got to stay for it. Truthfully, <laughs> you can read about what what it is online pretty easily, and you won't miss much by just leaving. Uh, it's at the very end, though. Uh, but yeah, Venom was pretty fun. Um, Woody Harrelson is always good in movies. I, I like watching them. So, uh. so that's it, folks. I hope you again enjoyed this. Uh, Treks and Sci-Fi Online. You know, go to Facebook. The old forum is still there. By the way, I, I to a little couple technical things to to mention, Jen pointed this out to me. And thanks, Jen, for doing this. I'm not going to get all the technical reasons, but if you're using Stitcher or other things and, and trying to listen, stream the shows via a, like in a Chrome web browser, you may get an error message. It has to do with security certificates and jazz like that. I guess this is happening for a lot of podcast people. I don't think it affects things like iTunes and if you download the shows and take them with you, none of that stuff is in, is is affected. I might try to do something about this, but it. I looked into it a little bit. It, it you, you basically got to redo the. I've got to redo something some things on the website and add some code and stuff because it has to do with HTTP versus HTTPS. And if you're into to web stuff you'll maybe know a little bit what i'm talking about but i don't really know if i'm going to bother to do it if anyone else is out there give me some feedback treksf at gmail.com if anyone else is out there having any issues getting the show um anywhere let me know but right now i think that you know those streaming links in a browser you know you go to stitcher online and a browser and then you type in like treks and sci-fi and a whole list comes up and if you click play there you may have a couple of issues. It may say it can't, it's not supported or something weird, but I don't think iTunes is affected or, or other things like that. So, so, okay. I feel like I've been talking a lot. Voice is a little gravelly, you know, but uh, should be doing some late night radio. All right. We're about an hour and six minutes or so now. So I'll take us out with some Bond film music, and everyone take care of yourselves. Please get vaccinated if you're not. There's no reason not to, really, unless you're totally allergic or have other health, specific health issues. Try to support the community and the world. And, yeah, let's uh, – let's, oh, New York Comic Con. Yeah, keep an eye out. There should be a lot of stuff coming out of there still, things on YouTube, trailers, um, news. There's the new Star Trek Discovery Season 4 trailer to see, other stuff. So uh, I'll be back in two weeks, I think, is my plan. Um, with, oh, next weekend, one last thing, next weekend, I'll be actually going to, we're doing Motor City Comic Con instead of the spring where it usually is. They shifted it to October. So I'm going to go next week, probably Friday. I'm going to go. And, uh, so I'll be doing kind of a report in two weeks on that. Maybe a vidcast, if I can get some video or maybe just audio, we'll see how it goes. Next week is going to be either guest, a show or a repeat. Uh, so I'll talk to you guys in a couple of weeks. By the way, this is Dosti, Rico Dosti, signing off. <laughs> Take care, everyone. Talk to you later. Bye. We have all the time in the world Just for now. Nothing more Nothing less All oh, love